Hello everyone, welcome back to OK Podcast. My name is Hayden. My name's Kamila. We know that our listeners exist on all parts of their J fashion journey. Whether you're a J fashion veteran, experimenter, or a newbie, you've probably dealt with style criticisms. Each style has different standards and a community that's willing to uphold them. This can be seen in helping those confused on the codes of conduct, but can also come in the form of unconstructive criticism, otherwise known as gatekeeping. Today, we're going to discuss the taboo topic of gatekeeping with J Fashion blogger Hannah. Now, before we get into our topics for this episode, we want to address the current events and bring up once again the rampant amount of inequality that faces the Black community. We've seen both positive and, unfortunately, negative responses to these issues from the Kauai community. We want to separate ourselves from those in the Kauai community who are being less than wholly supportive of the BLM movement. OK Podcast is adamantly against police brutality, and we will continue to highlight Black stories in the Kauai fashion community through our work. If you'd like to listen back and hear some of those stories, check out episodes 1, 2, 12, 15, 19, 28, 29, and or 32, where we interview the creators of OdaQ Apparel, Moss Badger, Alt Fashion Magazine, The Calm, and many more. That is a long sentence. (laughs) After listening to the episodes, please consider following and financially supporting these creators' work. And now with that, we are going to do our... And now with that, we are going to give our small but personal updates. So since this quarantine um, thing has has started, um, me and my friend Monique which is someone that we've interviewed before on one of our episodes. We've thought like, hey, we really wanted to make this kind of comic strip idea happen and we're going to do it now. So (laughs) um, our idea is called Emptying the Clips and it's about the trials and triumphs of being a Decora kid. You said comic strip, and it made me think of the funnies section in the newspaper. So now I can't help but think about, like, the Sunday comics. Yes, that's exactly what we're going for. (laughs) I think, like, there's been, like, an evolution of these, like, Sunday funny comics going into, like, either Instagram or Facebook relatable comics that are just like, oh, that's happened to me before. Ha ha ha. We want to do something like that except for, like, the Decora community. And uh, we made an Instagram. It's ETC underscore comic as the Instagram. And those are all lowercase letters. Right now, we've got um, a picture of our logo up and the characters that look very much like me and Monique, except not me and Monique. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be going back and forth on drawing and writing the comics. So there might be a little bit of a style shift, but the same characters are involved. We'll be posting on the 15th and the 30th of each month. 
I don't know if we feel like putting something in between like work in progress or something like that, we'll put it up. But yeah, that's our that's our plan. Yeah, that's going to be really fun. Like I feel like me and Monique, we have like mind melds of just like, oh, I was thinking that too. Oh my God, that's such an idea. And I think that's going to be, <laughs> that's going to result in a very um, interesting comic. <laughs> I saw that you guys were going to be doing a comic together, but I didn't know really what it was. And again, just hearing J Fashion decor a comic strip is like really hilarious to me. So I'm really excited. Yeah, we're excited to. I haven't posted about it on my on my main Instagrams just because like everything going on and stuff like that. But if you follow any of us on Instagram, eventually you're going to see a post about it, too. So, yeah, I, I hope people, you know, follow it with some anticipation. So I have a couple updates for this month. One, I have officially graduated and I'm so thankful to be done it's finally here. I never have to go back to school ever again. I officially have my bachelor's in radio, and our dear friend Jesse was so kind enough to give me this really, really amazing graduation gift, which I absolutely adored. It was just like a bunch of stuff that she had collected just to give it all to me at once, and it was really, really kind, and after, you know, two almost three months in quarantine and not being able to like get any new clothes it was such a welcome respite from that and it really has brought me so much joy and so much happiness I can't wait to coordinate one of the pieces with like literally everything in my wardrobe it's gonna be really really fun thank you Jesse, for that I love you BB and then secondly my Facebook and Instagram accounts got hacked yay my email connected to my Facebook account got hacked and within the five minutes that I noticed and changed my password, they were able to get into my Facebook account, post pictures of the Daesh slash ISIS flag, and got my account disabled. And Facebook didn't want to give it back. And my Instagram was connected to my Facebook as well. So my Instagram and the nearly a thousand followers that I had on there is gone too. So if you were wondering where the heck I went, that, that's where I've been. Um, so if you want to follow my new Instagram, the handle is PrinceDorkFace underscore 001. So that's been one of the unfortunate circumstances that I've been through, but it's not a huge deal. I, I lost a form of communication with a lot of my Kauai friends, which was the main issue. I wouldn't be able to have that ease of communication with Kamila, with our Kawad friends, and I wouldn't even be able to post on the OK Podcast Facebook page, which is like a big thing that I gotta do, so... Your presence was definitely missed in the quad chat. <laughs> You're like the life of the Thank chat. Thank you. I appreciate you know, just it. Like, oh, Hayden's not here. <laughs> your your guys' presence was missed in my day to day. I was like, oh, I miss everyone. Twitter just doesn't do it for me. Because I lost my Facebook, I have been more active on Twitter. So if you guys want to follow my Twitter too, that is also Prince Dorkface. 
no underscore, no, nothing else, just Prince Dorkface. Excited to have you back. Thank you. I'm very excited to be back. I can see all the tea that I've been missing out on. <laughs> yeah, there's been so much. <laughs> Every time, because I had to make two different accounts bef- until it stuck. The first new account that I made also got disabled. And I think that's because I attached it to my cell phone number, which was a mistake. This new, new one, uh, Facebook account number two, Electric Boogaloo, has stuck. And I think that's because I didn't put my phone number with it. That's a tip from Hayden. Wow, that's just crazy that, like, it's just like, oh, well, you're ruined for life. And there's no one to report that your account's been hacked to. Yeah, I did fill out a review form and they said, yeah, we reviewed it and you posted like really shitty stuff. And I was like, well, that wasn't me. I have proof that I was hacked. And they said, no, we don't care. And it's like, uh, okay, bye. They need to figure something out with that. And with that, we are going to head over to our commercial break, which will then bring you right into our interview with Hannah. Hey, y'all, it's Hayden. It's Kamala. We've talked a bit about how OK Podcast is a labor of love for us. Yes. Neither of us get paid to create this content, and we make it because it's important and we love to do it. Yeah, doing this podcast does take a lot of time and a bit of money, though. Because of that, we would like to tell you about our Patreon. If you become a monthly Patreon at any level, you'll get to contribute questions to our monthly guests. And if you donate at the $3 a month level, you'll gain access to our bonus patron content, which has special interviews with our guests. Like what it's like to be in a Garusa, switching styles, and tips on modeling in Japan. There's absolutely no obligation to become a patron whatsoever, but we would greatly appreciate it. So thank you so much, and now back to the show. Woo! And welcome back. Today we are sitting down with Hannah, aka Rose Quartz Royalty, and we are going to be talking about this nebulous and vast and complex issue about gatekeeping. Hannah has been wearing J Fashion for just under three years now, and in that time, she has done a great deal of moderation in the online community. She has a passion for bringing people together and preserving the style she loves. She moderates the Fairy K Reddit, the Lolita Mentoring Discord, the Veteran Lolita Discord, the Fairy K Amino, the Alt Fashion Amino, and she created the Fairy K Discord back in 2018. She also runs a blog where she posts informational articles, DIYs, and other J Fashion based content. Hi, Hannah. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm great. Thank you all for having me. Of course. So Hannah, like I said, we are talking about this super complex issue, but first let's get to know you a little bit. How did you first get into J Fashion? I found J Fashion about 2011, I want to say. So way back in the day, um, I was like 11 at that point in time. I have no clue how I found it. I'm pretty sure it was through YouTube. All of my friends have like these really cutesy stories as to how they got into J Fashion. And I'm sitting here like, I mean, probably from a Hatsune Miku video or something. Like, (laughs) I don't know how I... I feel like I just got on a YouTube rabbit hole one night and then somehow stumbled upon like Lolita and Fairy K videos and just fell in love. I really tried. I really did try back in the day uh, to make my own stuff and make do with the clothes that I had lying around the house. I was 12. (laughs) Like most 12 year olds, that doesn't always work out. 
And then I, I left the style in 2013 because I had like a bunch of really traumatic incidents and I like tried to throw away everything that made me weird or different. And then back in 2016, I started like re-entering the community. And then 2017, I started actually re-wearing the style. Yeah, sometimes there's an up and down journey with this. You know, sometimes people like go out of it and then they come back in or they switch to a totally different style than they were like previously into because like maybe it fits their lives more now. So it's totally cool. Oh, absolutely. I did that. I definitely did that with Lolita and I started out with classic and I was like, I'm only going to wear classic. And then now it's like, I'm like looking at my wardrobe and it's like, I have like three classic dresses and the rest are sweet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's like all I know of you. So like trying to imagine classic on you, I'm like, what, what would that look like? What would that be? I have some photos up on my Instagram, but it is, I'm mostly sweet at this point in time. So would you describe your current fashion style as like uh, a mixture between Fairy K and then you go to like Sweet Lolita, like you kind of go back and forth? Yeah, pretty much. It's like, if you look at my Instagram, it's like 75% Fairy K because I wear it on a daily basis. These are my clothes. Usually once a week, twice a week, maybe I'll wear Lolita. Yes, definitely Sweet Lolita. Um, Like a really casual Sweet Lolita too. I'm not really into OTT looks. I really love simpler looks because I'm wearing it to school, you know? And so I'm like all for the fashions being super wearable and functional. And that's, that's my jam. So what was your first experience like with posting in the online J fashion community? Like, how did you go from learning about it when you were 11 and 12? And then all of a sudden, you're like moderating like 12 groups. (laughs) (laughs) So like we said a minute ago, like I had a really fragmented introduction to J fashion. And so like the early years, I mostly lurked. And like, I would look on forums occasionally, I didn't really have any interaction on like live journal or anything because that's a tech savvy at all but 2016 whenever I started actually getting into like the community and making friends and stuff like that I was really used to using discord as a platform and so somehow I managed to find a Lolita discord and now that discord doesn't exist anymore because there were some choices made and it imploded Um, but two servers came in afterwards they came from out of this you know crazy explosion and we have the mentoring server which is for like beginners and then you also have the veteran server which is veterans only because it's nice to have, you know sometimes have a space that's people who share your your same experiences and not having to worry about answering questions 24 7 and just kind of enjoying yourself oh that's cool how do you determine whether they're a veteran or not you submit i think we're asking for like usually three coordinate shots and just to see like do you know what you're doing is this your first coordinate or not it's not like we're like oh my gosh you're not the best lolita in the world get out of here we're just trying to make sure like you know what you're doing and in the case that you're not necessarily ready for this discord we send you back to the mentoring server which um it's not just for beginners like you know you have all different people in there it's more learning focused and you know like how can we improve how can we get better and then you're welcome to join later once you've you know had a little bit more experience right right do you ever approach someone being like oh you have been chosen to <laughs> go into like <laughs> like like they post their their cord and just like hey invitation to the veterans okay. we do we normally like personal message them and we're like hey you like you seem to know what you're doing. We're wondering if you'd be interested in joining the server. You know, it's more like community 
based. I don't know, we get to like some really niche topics in there too. So it's really fun. But both of the servers are really, really concrete positive, which I love. I was able to form a relationship with another Lolita after an event where I got posted, posted on 4chan. Oh, God. <laughs> and she became my mentor after that. She came to me and she said, hey, you know, I see that you're going through this and you're really upset. Can we talk about this? Can I help you? Can I give you some guidance and advice? And that worked so well that we ended up turning what was at that time just the beginner server. We turned it into the mentoring server. Now I moderate them because I've been a part of them for years. And like, I just have a big heart for beginners and just online community as well. Um, but the other community that I joined at the beginning was the Lolita Amino back in 2016 when it was just kind of getting started. Um, and I was super annoying on there. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel so bad for anyone who had to interact with me at this point in time. And now I'm like really vocal that beginners don't do what I did. I was one of those people who didn't have a cord. And I thought that I could like give concrete to everybody. Oh, wow. Oh, no. And <laughs> I got called out by another J fashion blogger. I mean, I didn't have a blog at the time, but like I got called out by another one. And they were like, hey, you shouldn't be saying these things if you don't have, you know, coordinate yet because you don't have the experience or the knowledge to back it up. Visually looking at stuff and actually having the experience of putting things on your body and wearing them are two vastly different things and you need to step back. And so I did. And that was like the best thing I could have done there. I totally know that feeling of thinking about yourself at the beginning of your J fashion journey and being like, oh no, why did I yeah. do those things? Oh yeah. I mean, like when you're young, 12, 13, 14 or something like that, and you're looking at the styles, yeah, you only see the pictures. And also you're just really reacting to things that you like and things that you don't like, but it might not have anything to do with what a proper Lolita outfit is or anything like that. It's just based off of like, I really like sweet Lolita. This is not looking like my sweet Lolita dream. <laughs> yeah. Why are you wearing it like this? That's not Lolita. And it's just like, oh, well, actually it is. You know, it just looks different from <laughs> the pictures you were looking at. Oh, absolutely. I've been working on this forever, but I have an article that I've been working on for my blog talking about the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is like a psychological thing where there is a direct correlation between your competence in a subject and the amount that you know, and it spikes right when you start learning about something. And then you have this vast drop off and then it gradually rises again. One day that article will be posted. That's what I was originally planning on returning to my blog with, but that has obviously not happened. That's really interesting. It really does go hand in hand into what we're talking about today. It's kind of like how some people act when they're kids, how it's like, I know everything and no one else can tell me wrong and whoever tells me wrong hates me. And I know I've experienced new people in the community who have that sort of aloofness to them. Like, I want to know more now of like why this effect occurs. It's honestly fascinating. I love it. And one day I'll post the article about it, but it's, it's something that really applies I think, to, to this subject specifically. And that actually flows perfectly into our next question. Why are we talking about, quote, gatekeeping? So Hannah, if you could tell us in your own words, what have been the recent goings on in the online J fashion community? 
Okay, so this isn't a new phenomenon by any means, but people are just starting to notice it now. For those of us that do any sort of moderation, whether it's IRL moderation, because I'm also the moderator of my local community, and then also online moderation, this is like a daily occurrence for us. So the big issue with these groups is that a lot of people view these less specialized groups almost as safe havens. Um, because they're not going to receive the same constructive criticism or feedback that they might in a more specialty group. When they receive these con this constructive criticism, it's such a culture shock for them because a lot of these people are coming in from backgrounds where constructive criticism and fashion don't exist. Those things don't mesh at all. They have no experience in these subjects. Um, and so it really can seem like gatekeeping or cause fear that people are going to be attacked the second they enter one of these communities and make one wrong move. Unfortunately, I find a lot of these groups end up overrun with toxic positivity because people are so focused on absolutely welcoming everybody and making sure nobody's feelings could possibly be hurt that it ends up spawning a lot of misconceptions about the styles. Say you join one of these groups and you're interested in wearing Fairy K and you see somebody wearing pastel leggings and a crop top. So this can skew your entire perspective of Fairy K. So say you don't do any more research, you don't talk to the community anymore, you know that you've seen this one photo of somebody wearing pastel leggings and a crop top, and you go out and you buy those things, and you post it in a Fairy K specific community. Well, you're probably going to get feedback saying, hey, you know what, this isn't really Fairy K, because it doesn't have like a triangle shape that is so iconic to Fairy K, and it's form-fitting, and like, let's see what we can do and how we can change this. A lot of people, their first instinct is to feel hurt. Because, you know, they put this energy and they put their emotions into, I'm going to wear this style that I want to wear. I've made my first outfit and they get their heart set on it. And then it's really heartbreaking when you find out that that's not, you know, the style and that you haven't done it correctly. So that after that happens, there's a chance that you may only decide to post your coordinates in these communities that are very, once again, struggling with the toxic positivity and everything is great and wonderful and nobody can do anything wrong, then you start the cycle anew because then a new becomes in and they see, oh my gosh, now there are two people wearing fairy K where you have leggings and a crop top. That must be the style. And it ends up kind of diluting the style and you end up with a product that is so far detached from the original inspiration that it no longer resembles the source. I see a lot of the most vitriol, I guess, in the DMs. That's where I see a lot of that, you know, after I message somebody to say, hey, we took your post down because it's not relevant. Try looking at these resources instead. And then you get a lot of really, really angry people. This is starting to come into public view because of the quarantine. I think that's why we're seeing so much of it right now. And it's actually an annual thing. And I don't know if either of you have ever heard the term of people saying like, ah, summer's come early again or just referencing summer as its own phenomenon because you have kids who come out of school and they're on their summer break. So they have all of this extra time to research and, or not do research, you know, five seconds of Googling and think that they have an idea. But I think a lot of people have recently become aware of this phenomenon due to a couple different Facebook groups that have kind of become infamous. This isn't just one singular Facebook group. This is like a big phenomenon, unfortunately. I find these Facebook groups are like general J fashion groups. You don't really see it a lot in specific targeted groups. And like while I'm all for groups that bring people of all fashions together, I find that these general groups tend to have the most misinformation. You know, most people, when given the option to go talk to a room of beginners who have known nothing about Lolita and are like, oh, well, maybe I want to get into it, or a room full of Lolitas that have been wearing it for years, have experience and can relate to you, most of those people, nine out of ten, are going to go to a room with experience. Yeah, that makes sense. It kind of reminds me of how, like, I feel like general J fashion meetups get somehow like less attendance than very specific 
targeted J fashion communities when they have that like specificity or whatever. Um, <laughs> it calls out the people who have truly made that decision to be like, all right, I'm going to commit to this particular style and really practice and focus on that. Whereas I guess a general J fashion group would be appealing to beginners because they may be interested in a lot of different styles, not sure which one to commit to. And they're just like, hey, I just want to do something. And <laughs> they post their picture up. And if you try to do that in the Lolita group, it'd be like, um, this is a Lolita group. Why are you posting this punk outfit that has pants and jeans and stuff? If you're just starting out in J fashion and you're not really sure what interests you, you're probably going to try to go for a more general group because you think it's going to be more accepting or you're looking to experiment until you can figure out your own style and figure out, you know, what looks good on you. And so you're going to gravitate to these groups because sometimes it can seem really scary or you may be hearing the misconceptions and the boogeyman stories of Lolita groups and the, you know, the mean brand or whatever. Lolitas are all prissy bitches. I feel like a lot of people get scared of these stories and people saying, oh my gosh, you know, people are going to hate on you because you don't wear AP or you don't wear milk limb, stuff like that. And I mean, with these newbies coming in, what do you think are the positive and negative responses have been to this in the groups? So the worst thing that I've seen recently are people dogpiling the misinformed beginners. Like there is absolutely, absolutely no reason to have 500 comments telling somebody that their maid cosplay isn't Lolita. One will do. There is a like button. There is a little heart react. You can use either of those. Those are wonderful tools. You just should not dogpile people because they've already been told, you know, maybe have a couple of people agreeing with them. But there's no need to have 50 billion people explaining the same exact thing over and over and over. Yeah, I completely agree. I've experienced this firsthand when I was a newbie. After a while, it does become really disheartening. That like button, it's a reinforcement of that feedback. When I was in that position as the original poster, it was like, you didn't even take the time to like look through the comments and like, I appreciate your feedback, but I've heard this already. Give me something else if you want to say something. I get it. I understand. But I think the Lolita community has been really bad about this recently with all of the tag groups. And my friend Rose Nocnalia actually just released a YouTube video an hour ago talking about tag groups and the salt problem that they have. These groups are basically dedicated to cataloging every single mistake made by newbies. I don't know. There's no reason to tell Tyler that a newbie bought something off of Wish. You know, everybody makes mistakes. It's really toxic to be cataloging and like rushing to be the first one to share this, you know, brand new salt with this private community. And it causes a lot of issues. So no, you don't need to tell Tyler about every little tiny mistake. And veterans aren't really the only one at fault here. Um, we also do see a lot of beginners join these communities to get their own concrete and then they leave to form their own community. A lot of these times these are, you know, they say no concrete, uh, you can't say anything bad about anything. And everybody is good here. And that's what causes that spiral of toxic positivity that I mentioned earlier. And it also is like a cesspool of misinformation. And that's where a lot of it gets started. It can really like scare them away and just feel like the whole group like piled up on me saying that I wasn't doing it right. And that's not exactly the, the most constructive way to express what's going on. What were some of the like positive responses you've seen? 
The best thing that you can do when you have an influx of beginners is to provide them with links and accurate content. If you find a group that is posting inaccurate information, I have a couple friends that we tend to do this. Whenever we find a community like this, we'll grab each other, we'll say, hey, this community, they're having an issue with misinformation. We grab a bunch of people from all different styles, and then you go and you join those groups and you provide accurate content. Give them links, give them resources, give them inspiration photos, stuff like that. So you can start kind of nudging them like, hey, why don't you try this instead of what you've been doing? And let's work on this and fight this misinformation that, that happens and encourage beginners to do research and look back at street snaps or other materials. And I've done this in real life where I've had people who don't really understand Lolita and I will bring them Gothic Lolita Bibles and we'll sit and we'll look at GLBs together. And I think by doing a lot of analysis of older photos or, you know, existing photos that you like, you can really start to find inspiration and figure out your own style. And, you know, it's really important that we give people examples um, rather than just telling them, hey, this doesn't work for the fashion. Give explanations as to why, 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 why. We can't just tell people that this is bad. Don't do this. Explain. Because we have our eyes trained to notice these little tiny details and say, oh, it looks empty here. Maybe ballet shoes aren't the best choice for your coordinate. Why not try like a Mary Jane or another shoe like an ankle strap? You know, a lot of Lolitas will say don't use ballet flats in Lolita because the leg remains unbroken and you have this expansive leg and then it just goes into foot. So we go leg, 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 and then it goes foot. And then there's nothing to break it up and there's nothing to add detail to the ankle area. And so by adding something that has straps, you're adding that detail back in and it makes it look more cohesive overall. And your coordinate is more balanced because now you have, you know, like tea parties or whatever that have bows and have really cute straps on them. And so it makes the outfit more balanced. And a lot of beginners aren't going to know that just popping off and starting in the fashion. They're going to go, I have ballet flats in my closet. Those are fancy shoes, right? And then also like pointing people to spaces that do mentoring. I have at any given time, at least a dozen people that I am mentoring. I love it so much. It is my favorite thing in the world because I just want beginners to, you know, like start off on the right foot and get their feet under them and not waste money and stuff like that. And so that's why I have such a big passion for beginners because I know I spent so much time and I wasted so much money trying to do things on my own. And then the second that another Lolita took me under her arm and said, hey, let's try this instead. It was just a light, like a light switch. That's such an endearing story. And knowing that there are mentors and people willing to do that in these spaces and in J fashion in general, instead of the usual stereotype that, you know, everyone who eventually becomes a veteran is just like, we don't want any more people getting into this. So bye. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God, that is so not, you know, it's not at all what it is. You know, actually, yesterday, um, I'm the president of my cosplay club at my college and somebody mentioned yesterday about a lolita dress and i like anytime anyone mentions lolita and they're in my town i like kool-aid man through the door and i'm like (laughs) somebody said j fashion let's talk about you get the solid snake exclamation point above your head (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's i am so excited and so many people are so ready to help others get into the community you know Even if you're um, not familiar with using platforms like Discord or whatever, if you join your local Lolita or J fashion community and say, hey, I'm interested in getting into these styles. Would anybody be interested in helping me and like okaying things before I buy it and making sure that I don't spend, uh, you know, a crazy amount of money on something that isn't worth that or isn't going to be usable? If you ask, those resources are there. But I think a lot of the times people don't always think to ask or are intimidated and 
nobody is out here saying we don't need more Lolitas. We don't need more people wearing Decora or Fairy K. We all want to see these styles thrive and grow and for people to enjoy them. That's what we're here for. That's our heart. That's why we have these communities. That's true. Yep. With these influxes of newbies and as we were talking about the uh, toxic positivity and people being very touchy, we'll say, let's discuss the differences between, quote, gatekeeping and holding standards for our community. The way I see it, gatekeeping is setting arbitrary standards as to who can or cannot join a community. Like, there was the Gamergate thing where it's like, females can't be gamers, blah, blah, blah. I find that gatekeeping is trying to restrict their access. What What do you feel is, like, the difference between gatekeeping and holding standards? Honestly, I feel like a lot of the, like I said, I called it earlier, I called it a boogeyman uh, idea of gatekeeping I personally have never experienced anyone saying like, oh, well, you're not a real Alita if you wear Taobao or if you um, purchase something off of, you know, an off-brand website and you're not wearing brand or you're not wearing AP. I personally haven't experienced anything like that. I don't want to say that it doesn't exist. I think a lot of the things that people see as gatekeeping are older experienced Alitas trying to prevent them from making mistakes that they will later regret or steer them, you know, in a different direction. And it's there's just a lot of misconceptions about it. But I would absolutely agree that if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, you can't wear Lolita because X, Y, Z, you know, you're not, you shouldn't be wearing this style because X, Y, Z. I think that's absolutely gay. Also, I do want to point out like the chances of that happening to you in person are very, very slim. I'm not going to say that it won't happen because there are nasty, nasty people out in this world. It's not as prevalent as a lot of beginners fear that it is. I feel like the rude, mean, and cruel Lolita stereotype is a trope that has unfortunately become so prevalent even outside of the J fashion community. I feel like because of internet and convention culture even, like the cosplay community, the places that we gather are very similar and they intertwine like cosplayers and J fashionistas do meet each other at conventions and we hang out at conventions and we wear J fashion at conventions. So when those cosplayers take an interest, but they're not used to that constructive criticism or holding that standard of fashion, they become very defensive and then they end up taking those stories back to their friends and it unfortunately spreads misinformation not only about the fashion, but about the people who participate in the fashion to people outside of our community. Community. Just an example, if you if you Google Lolita gatekeeping, a few posts that are from the Reddit page r slash gatekeeping pull up. One of the incidents I was actually there for, it actually came out of the mentoring server. The first one talks about somebody who purchased a cosplay dress and was told on Facebook that it wasn't the right quality for Lolita and like, oh, well, you bought a cosplay dress. This doesn't work for Lolita, yada, yada, yada. The other one talks about the mentoring server claiming that it's not friendly to handmade or young Lolitas, neither of which are true. What you have in both of these situations is you have beginners who are unfamiliar with the fashion and then the quality that is expected of the fashion. I keep talking about Lolita and Fairy K because those are the two that I have experience with. But with Lolita, it's, it is supposed to be a very luxurious, elegant looking fashion. And so a lot of the times, you know, if you are purchasing lower quality materials, you are going to have a harder time creating this aesthetic that the community, you know, idealizes. 
for the the handmade one, like I said, I was actually involved in that situation. And the girl in question was new to Lolita. And she actually was a pretty good seamstress. She had her feet under her. But the issue was the fabric and the lace quality that she had chosen. The constructive criticism she had been given was actually given by several of our handmade Lolitas. I'm actually also one of the handmade people. They were told, you know, like, hey, in the future, why not try this fabric instead and try this, you know, lace. And everybody was trying to send materials and links and stuff like that. And this person was upset and then went to Reddit and said, hey, they are mean. They are bullying me because they're not necessarily used to that constructive criticism. And I, I get it 100%. Like my first Lolita dress, I have a picture of it. If you go to my blog, the first article I ever wrote is called About Me. And there was a photo of me, 12 years old, in my dress that I made from a random simplicity pattern. Lolita patterns didn't exist back then. It was just one that I thought could be Lolita. It's made of like this like Walmart cotton eyelet with this big shiny like tablecloth lace on top of it. And there's no room to hold a petticoat. I don't have a blouse on. I would have been destroyed to hear that, you know? And so I feel like one of the reasons that people get really upset and they think is gatekeeping is when people are like, hey, you know, if you don't have an experience with the fashion or like you've never sewn before, it's better to purchase a, a dress. And nobody's asking anyone to go out and purchase a $300 dress. A lot of these comments that are made are just trying to save you from wasting your time and money. Like if you're told not to buy from Amazon or AliExpress or Wish, it's not because people think that you need to wear brand to be a Lolita. It's because you're going to spend a lot of money on a dress that is extremely poor quality, overpriced, and is most likely a replica. And then a lot of those Amazon dresses are like 60 to $80 for the dress. It's heartbreaking to see people insisting on purchasing these items when they could spend their money on like a brand new dress off of Taobao, especially if you avoid resellers and you spend, you know, 15 minutes to learn how to use a Taobao shopping service. Um, like I also go into that on my blog talking about how resellers are upcharging you and you're going to get better bang for your buck if you learn how to use shopping service. If you ever want to learn to use a shopping service, please, please DM me. I will teach you. Oh, yes. Hand raised. <laughs> Because there's just so much stuff out there that I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's so good. Oh, mood. And it, it saves you so much money in the end. These things that are seen as gatekeeping are just us trying to help you save time, save money. Um, also, like with the handmade thing, like for some reason, people everywhere come into these fashions with the idea that handmade is going to be the cheapest option. Now, a lot of these people are going to grab a simplicity pattern, a couple yards of printed cotton, some lace, and like some zippers, buttons. And if you're just looking at, you're buying a simplicity pattern, you don't have a coupon. It's not like dollar pattern day at Joann's. Those patterns are $20. Ugh, I love dollar pattern day. Uh, it's, it's literally the greatest. But those patterns are expensive. They're $22, $23 for a dress pattern. And I can go on Lace Market and a lot of the times you can go and sort in terms of like the cheapest at first and you can get a brand new bodyline dress or maybe a slightly used one that is $15. Right, right. And then also the time that you're spending putting this dress together, you got to think that if it's only like your first or second time making something like this, it's like there's going to be a learning curve. You're probably going to have to make... 10, 20 dresses before you perfect one that's like getting closer to the standard of a bought dress. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm looking over to my left right now and I'm working on a skirt and a beret set. Looking at it, I have spent 
probably 15 hours on it already. That doesn't count materials. Mo fabric was like $15 a yard. It was stupid crazy because I wanted to get something, you know, quirky and fun. And I bought ribbon and I bought laces and I bought lining. And I could have easily gone and purchased something for far cheaper. Yeah, yeah. And for that to be your first worn dress would be difficult to even know whether or not that's the silhouette that you want that fits you as well. Or So it would be great to just have you to already get comfortable with the style made by a professional and then try to take what you've learned from that to make a handmade. Oh, absolutely. 100%. You don't want to waste really expensive materials with not having the the practice in. People jump in both feet first into the deep end when they, like you said, Hannah, they haven't purchased their first dress or maybe they've only purchased one dress that is very specific or it doesn't fit properly and then they base their designs off of that dress or off of a simplicity pattern that the bodice is far too long um that has a lot of issues behind it yeah and they go feet first and it just they end up drowning and it's just so heartbreaking i do want to talk about like, the gatekeeping that i do openly do i absolutely will gatekeep people who bring kink into the fashion people who sexualize their clothes um sissies all of that nastiness and that that kind of gatekeeping is good and healthy for the community and community leaders should protect you know people who are in their communities and try and make it a safe place for everybody you know because i'm not shy about this type of gatekeeping so that is a good type of, of gatekeeping so that type of gatekeeping i will do also keeping out people who are like transphobic or racist or against you know, other sizes of people, like, because there are still some people who are like that. And I like to see when, you know, they get pushed out of the community, because I feel like, oh, okay, it's almost like herd immunity. (laughs) Because it's just like, that makes it feel safer for me to post my clothes. Yeah, oh, absolutely. 100%. Like, that is the good, that is the good game. But like, if you are there to learn about J fashion and you're ready to learn and you're excited to learn, that is my favorite thing. I am so ready to welcome you with open arms. Nothing makes me happier than getting to see others experience the fashions that like I love so much and getting to see them thrive and figure themselves out. I fight this information because I know how difficult it can be for beginners to get into the fashion. And old blogs that claim that Fairy K has no rules really don't help at all and stunt the growth of the community. And if nobody is withholding these community standards, the fashions eventually dilute themselves until they're no longer distinguishable from slightly pastel colored normie clothes. I personally have been the focus of several gatekeeping incidents within the past year, and I feel like I've been in a lot of these situations because it's been my passion to help revive the fairy cake community. I don't really get called a gatekeeper in Lolita because, I mean, I get called it occasionally, but it's, it's very rare. It's more common that people would say that I would like, oh, well, she gatekeeps fairy cake because I'm trying to revive the community and encourage people to get back to the roots of the fashion. And since we've been dealing with the situation, like I just mentioned, where there was no standard upheld. And so now we are dealing with, once again, the leggings and a crop top. And we're like, well, let's let's talk about other things other than just pastel that go into fairy cake. So whenever I see misinformation, I want to speak up, but not because I want to be mean. I hate when people think I mean, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I feel awful whenever I have to say something and people get upset. It's the worst feeling in the world. But I, I just want it 
um, I want to make it easier for beginners to actually get into the fashion and be able to enjoy it ASAP and not have to worry about, oh my gosh, I'm not doing it right. Oh my gosh, they don't like it. We're here to help prevent that. And I feel like for people who are new to the community or even outside of the community and looking in, fashion is not something that is as prevalent to their life people who are outside of the alternative fashion community or just starting to get into it that they see how much we want to uphold that standard and they feel like we're putting things in a box but this type of standard keeping has been around for a long time you wouldn't really look at a punk from the early 80s and call them a goth from the late 80s mid to late 80s because those styles are different and I've seen that there's been a lot of people trying to push back against standard holding and saying oh well you know fashion is fluid things change and it's like yes it does but we need to recognize when something has changed so much that it's no longer what it originally is. And at that point, we need to either come up with a different name or come up with a different substyle. You can easily look at different gothic substyles and see how they are different. There's something that holds them all together, but they are different. And I, I feel like people are just so attached to the namesake of Fairy K. I don't understand why people are so insistent on calling something pastel Fairy K. Like, I believe that uh, language is fluid and that things in language does change, but I also don't think it's a problem to come up with different names for things that have become so far removed from the original inspiration. Yeah, and the Western community is really obsessed with labels and labeling things, that it's become a big issue where everything has to fit into this box, has to fit into a label. And even if it doesn't fit into the box, people still want to try and like put it in this you know imaginary box. One thing that is important to remember is that you see the rules because you're not used to the fashion. Even Western fashion has rules. You don't think about it because you're used to it. When I wake up in the morning, I grab something out of my closet. I grab something out of my dresser. I throw it on. Boom. That's my outfit for the day. And usually it's very okay because that's what I've curated my wardrobe to be. There's a reason that we don't wear like burnt orange and lilac together. And it's because we have a rule somewhere. Somebody said, hey, you shouldn't put those two colors together because they clash. Why do they clash? Let's talk about that, you know, and it's not something we're actively noticing. Right. And I think like... Maybe because like the beginner people, they're not very used to studying the clothes that they wear. Because yeah, Western fashion or normie fashion or whatever, it's, it does have rules, but they're not studying how that got into place or what those actually are. They just know that they grew up being like t-shirt, blue jeans, sneakers, that goes together. I know that. We have things like the hipster fashion style and korean fashion style and then you'll have right. like peck wear and goth and punk and grunge and whether or not you see the rules is up to whether or not you're looking for them right right it's different from being also a part of a community all trying to wear something sort of like similar you know, skater fashion probably was just like, oh, we think this is cool. And then it, it became a trend within itself. But 
It's not like we're a part of this specific fashion community that is skater and you need to adhere to like, it, it's a, it's a whole lifestyle or something. So it's kind of like pre- both practical and just appealing to things that they tend to like. So I, I don't think like usually people are used to thinking about it that way. So yeah, when they come into a, a group, they're just like, well, why are you guys actually like, you're like policing people about them keeping the style pure? Our only thing is the style, basically. <laughs> so it's not like as long as you can skateboard good, it shouldn't matter what you wear. It's, it's like, no, this is the only thing. <laughs> and I feel like because of how the internet has made things be so well documented as opposed to the 1980s the 70s the 60s we're unable to know how people felt day to day in interacting with their community and the interactions are inherently different you know it was I think easier for things to morph and develop into other things because the internet was non-existent. As someone who is interested in fashion history, I want to be able to go back in time and talk to the trad goths, the bat cave goths, and ask them, well, if this person wore this, would you call it goth? And I want their opinions as pioneers of alt fashion. Was there that community standard? Did they try to adhere to it? Is what we're doing new or is what we're doing something that has been around for a while in alternative fashion? And I think that's so, so important that you have that open communication with the community. And um, back in November, the pattern brand incident that released a line of J fashion patterns that were inaccurate at best and downright offensive at worst were all aimed at J fashion beginners. But I don't know how much input from the J fashion communities went into these patterns. When the whole thing blew up, it was, we did research, we looked at these things. And, and it was like, well, you know, you can't really take fashion inspiration from a bunch of art photos. And especially that the fact that these were aimed at beginners, claiming that they were like a good place to start, really just starts beginners off on the wrong foot. It was just an awful, awful experience, honestly, because I just wanted to speak up and I didn't mean to start anything. Unfortunately, I did. I just wanted beginners to know, you know, if somebody was looking at this pattern and, you know, wanted to check, see what the comments, what people said, um, you know, I went and I outlined like, hey, here's why this thing isn't very okay. And the shirt is, the skirt is really short and the jacket is cropped. And if you had made the skirt longer and you had made the jacket longer and you had styled it differently and, you know, styled it with some colored tights and like some cute sneakers or it was bad. <laughs> I got death threats. I got several death threats and I had three videos, three videos made about me. And I was like harassed. And this was right before finals. I was not doing well because I was trying to focus on like studying for finals. And we have like, I open my phone and like I have four people telling me to go commit toaster bath. But then at the same time, for every hateful message that I had, I had probably like 15 more people saying, hey, thank you for standing up. Thank you for saying these things. You know, it's good that we speak out. Like I said, I just want people to be able to get into the community as soon as possible and to be able to thrive and live their best lives, you know, not have to worry about, oh, man, well, now I bought this pattern and now I bought all of these materials and stuff and it didn't quite come out 
the way that I had planned it. Right, right. I could see some things that were there that were just like, oh, I can see how someone could wear this for this style. But the way that it was fitted onto the model was not, and how they styled it in like in real life was not how I would do it. So when I did the illustrations, I also didn't know who the models were going to be. So I was just like, well, maybe they chose someone from the Fairy K community and that was really fitted for them. But on this model, these are just some preliminary photos to show an example or something. So I just came in the end to like, oh, okay, I'm going to draw these illustrations as my characters. And I drew them the way that I thought how I would style it if I was going to use this pattern. Definitely like turned into a whole thing, especially... I think it was made by a beginner. From the outside looking in about Cutso, I thought that it was, first of all, this whole like company that has multiple people working for them or something. And yeah, and it's one person. And I'm just like, I felt bad just because of how it went totally awry with like so many people commenting and saying some really like, just like, okay, we're getting off the topic of them making the mistake with the pattern or something and going into like their intentions of just like, whoa, you're trying to, I hate when companies try to take our thing and like, oh, whoa, whoa, I don't think she's trying to like do any harm specifically to the community. No. Oh God. I would be so, so happy if we had more Lolita patterns, more Fairy K patterns. Oh my gosh. I would love that so much because I sew stuff for these passions. I either use Ochmano sewing books or I make my own stuff and I make my own patterns. And I know not, uh, not everybody has that ability. And um, that kind of leads into one of the things I kind of wanted to reference some of the claims that were made in the video that are a really good example of what people think gatekeeping versus like the the intention and the reason why we say these things. I had this one person who's actually interacted with me for probably a period of about four months. So this was somebody who knew how I acted and knew how I interacted with the community. And they had claimed that I didn't encourage people to make their own items, thrift, buy off brand. Claimed that I thought that people who didn't wear brand were off, were not valid. And then also at the very end, you know, threw in the fact that a lot of these brands didn't necessarily make things that were friendly for plus sized fairies. I think it's hard acknowledge some of the things that were like said uh, talking about the handmade and how handmade is wonderful and phenomenal and I love making my own pieces and I encourage people to make their own pieces my DIY series that I just started on my my blog where I took an old sweatshirt or zip up hoodie and then I turned it into like this really cute fairy k jacket all a matter of like knowing what you're doing and also doing it because I'm really guilty of like purchasing things with the intent to one day upcycle them. I'm like, one day I'll turn it into something. One day I'll put patches on this and then I just don't. And with thrifting, like I, I love the thrift. I highly encourage that people thrift. But it is also really important that people acknowledge like a lot of the blogs that say, oh yeah, you can definitely thrift everything were made back in the early 2010s. And what we have in our thrift shops now and what we had in the thrift shop 10 years ago are wildly different. Once again, it takes training your eye to figure out what is and isn't suitable for the style, what does and doesn't work. Because if you know what you're you're looking for, you're going to have a good time. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to walk into a store and then find like an entire coordinate in one trip. I'm like a thrifting demon. I will go on thrifting binges. I drove back from my friend's house a couple weeks ago, before quarantine, obviously. I went to in thrift shop on my way home from her house. What took me, it normally takes me two and a half hours, took me eight because I hopped from thrift shop to thrift shop to thrift shop to thrift shop because I'm always searching for different things. 
And I found two things. It's this idea of I'm going to go and I'm going to find stuff on the first try when realistically, like it can take years depending on where you live to curate like a perfect thrifted outfit. We really do encourage people to thrift, but we also encourage people to thrift online, which is really great. Um, because Fairy Cave is actually pretty affordable if you know where to look and you know when to snag deals. And one of my favorite things about the Fairy Cave Discord is that we have a window shopping channel. And actually, all of the Discords have a window shopping channel where we're constantly like spamming links. These are sometimes like off-brand items that we think would look cute with the fashion or they are what, you know, this person considered brand items. We're not just saying, oh, you only can wear Japanese if you want to be valid. I adore Western brands. I'm so hyped for the Miss Jedi Flip collection that's about to come out. Oh my gosh. And that goes up to, I think, I want to say 5XL. So very size inclusive, wonderful. Holly Tea Time, Sweetie Cakes. Like there are so many wonderful brands that make stuff. And then if you can snag these stuff secondhand, I mean, obviously if, you, if you're if you able to, you know, support the designers directly. But, you know, I'm a broke college student. I tend to buy a lot of my stuff secondhand off of like Depop, Lace Market, K-Market, and just like it's a waiting game. We recommend like, hey, like why not start with made specifically for Fairy K rather than trying to go out with an untrained eye and you're not really sure what you're looking for and waste money on something that might not work on the fashion. Like like you said, Hayden, earlier, talking about um, people really, really wanting the label. I think it's really, really important to remember that things being J fashion and things being cute are not mutually exclusive. Like you can have a really cute outfit that's not J fashion. That you can have a really cute outfit that is J fashion. And the cuteness is not negated by the fact that one is not J fashion. I really like to encourage beginners to ask the community before they purchase something. That way, you know, you don't wind up purchasing something that doesn't work. Like you have all of these Taobao reseller shops that say, oh yeah, I have a fairy case section on here. And then it's just like general pastel stuff or like they're, you know, selling a $7 Lolita dress for $40. So you got to like watch out for some of those manufacturers. But all of the stuff that we say is there to help you get into the fashion. It's not meant to make you feel bad. It's not make you, to, meant to make you feel like, you know, you have to wear this one brand or else you're not valid. It's just so you can start out on the right foot. In your opinion, how can or, or should veterans respond to these like defensive newbies that are just like posting something in like a general general J fashion group or or even a specific one just saying like oh this is like a Lolita dress and it's just like some dress from Hot Topic or something how should someone respond so this is this is kind of a loaded question because every newbie is going to be different they're all unique you can't ever predict what one person is going to do. And I've like definitely made my own fair share of mistakes. Sometimes there's not really a good way to respond. Sometimes you just kind of have to step away and be like, I can't do anything here. You know, this person is set in their ways. I cannot do anything. They have been told they have the correct information and resources should they choose to pursue them, but I cannot force their hand. I find that if you talk to beginners one-on-one sometimes, they feel more comfortable talking about these, these issues or these things because they feel like they have a safe environment to ask questions and not feel like they're being attacked. Because when you're one person and you have 50 people coming at you on your Facebook post, that's a lot. That's overwhelming. So if you try and like message them and try and explain some stuff and give them resources, that really helps because this is just such a huge culture shock for them. Because constructive criticism in fashion is a brand new concept and it can be really, really hard to grasp. But I found like one of the best ways to help people calm down and to understand like how constructive criticism works is to 
draw parallels to constructive criticism they've already experienced in real life. Because if you've gone to school, there is a 100% chance you have submitted an assignment and it's come back with a grade. And maybe it has some notes on it. Maybe it has some edits. Maybe it just says good job at the top, you know, but there was feedback there. Maybe you handed an essay off to a friend so that they could peer review it and they changed some things. Because sometimes you don't really know where to start on the comment on someone's post or anything like that. Because some things are simple. Some things are just like what you were talking about with the ballet flat. Like, oh, yeah, I'd be interested to see your outfit uh, when you're able to add some tea parties. But when the person's outfit is totally not the thing, then that's like, okay, so how do we like break it to the person that they're not doing this at all. Unfortunately, that's that's the kind of incidence where there's sometimes nothing that you can say. And you can just kind of give them resources and say, you know what, hey, I think you should kind of do a little bit more research into the styles. Here's what you should not do. This is one of the incidents that has stuck with me and made me so mad throughout the years. And it's so stupid. Somebody posted on, I want to say it was like Big Sisters of Alita Fashion, and they had purchased what we in the Alita community call Lace Monster. And it was like something that they had purchased from a website like Wish or something like that. It was very, very poor quality and didn't work for Lolita. And somebody commented, doesn't work for Lolita, sure would be great in Fairy K. No! <laughs> I just... Like, no, not here either. We don't want it. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. You can't just like shift it off into another community and say, nope, here, it's your problem now. Like, that's what you should not do. Yeah, explaining to them that we are a community that is focused on helping others improve and grow and become better and figure their own style out. And nobody is there to attack you. You know, very rarely are there going to people that they're there leaving nasty comments for the fun of it. Everybody wants to see you improve and get better. And, you know, if there's a difference between submitting an assignment to your teacher and not even it, it not coming back with a grade at all or any you know, feedback versus your grades come back and now you know how to improve for the future. That kind of like makes me think about like how should newbies approach posting their outfits on J Fashion forums and deal with unconstructive criticism. And I just want to like give a little background and like, of like my experience being a newbie and stuff like that. Like I didn't even really know there was a community for like ages. I was just like wearing stuff and posting things on my personal Facebook thing. Like I'm trying to get into this thing. So I have these shorts and I have this thing and um, nothing else. And then, <laughs> and then it would just be me like just trying and me documenting my trying as I was able to get things and then attending in-person meetups. And then, and then seeing other people wearing the styles and be like, oh, wow, that person is matching the pictures I've seen a lot better than what I'm doing. And then asking, <laughs> asking them questions and things like that. And then eventually I found out like, oh, okay, there are these groups and things like that to post these pictures in. I tend to not so much get mean feedback but when i ventured into lolita and i like posted this post after i i just got the dress part of it i didn't have anything else but i was planning to get the other items but i made a post saying like hey i'm gonna be like dipping my toe into lolita and then there was like a, oh you don't have this thing you don't have that thing and i'm just like oh i know i know i'm just trying to talk about my life <laughs> and that i got this dress and i'm and i'm wearing it and eventually i will get the other things but how should newbies who are just like i know i don't have all the things yet 
but I want to like take a picture of myself still in this in-between state. Once again, hearkening back to the discords, just because I love the discords, they're my favorite thing in the world. And I would say that if I didn't run any of them, Um, (laughs) but we have different channels. And so we have one that's like for finished picks and one for like, hey, like it's just like general Lolita chatter, Fairy K chatter or whatever. And if you just got something in the mail, like feel free to throw it on and show it off right there. I think it is important that we um, take note of where we are posting coordinates because sometimes you'll have people who will post things that don't fit in the category or in, in the specific group, and then they face backlash for that. It's really important to kind of notice the places that have toxic positivity, and while it is really, really tempting to post in there and look for that validation, I, I really do recommend people look for places that are concrete positive or have a place where you could just say, uh, no concrete, I'm good, we're good right now. I don't think there's any shame in saying no concrete. I think that's that's really helpful. Definitely having these different areas to say like, oh, okay, this is my WIP posting area. Everyone knows we're on the same page. This is an outfit that's a work in progress. And then you can say whether you want concrete on it or just like, oh, I know what I'm doing with this outfit, but um, it's not all put together yet. That's really awesome to have like a place like that and to find find places like that. I also think like, yeah, just if you're going to be posting in the general thing, like try to pick a style eventually and then focus on that and then create a few outfits in that area and then feel like, okay, I'm going to start interacting with more of the specific groups or feel like, oh, if you still want to, to hop into these other styles, then, you know, focus on one at a time and getting everything for one outfit. I feel like doing it that way could help prevent the streams crossing. If your experience with Lolita and your experience with Gyaru, some people can incorporate the two together, but if you're not experienced with either of them, chances are you're going to incorrectly mix the two and it's not gonna be very cohesive and it's not gonna be something that you can accurately label as one or the other or anything else. And I feel like the other issue is that people just aren't aware of these places to just have general chat. I've been seeing feedback from people about Facebook groups and how they're starting to become watered down. And I feel like that's because newbies are treating Facebook groups as chat rooms, which they're not. I think one of the best solutions is to make people aware of these general chat rooms where you can take pictures of yourself in your leggings and crop tops and be like, felt cute today, ooh, ooh, I'm posted in the general chat. That is the place for it. It's not necessarily the place to post into these curated Facebook groups. I mean, I know in the veteran and the fairy K discord, we have like, we call it the other fashions channel or something like that. Anything that you want to share that is not under these umbrellas, it goes in here. It's wonderful. I like that a lot. This question is also fairly loaded, but I think that those questions are fun to dissect and to really get into a deeper discussion with, so I apologize for that, but who is responsible, quote unquote, to uphold the Western interpretations of J-Fashion style on social media? Is it the group moderators? Is it the veterans? Is it close friends? And I recognize that really no one's responsible for anything. No one has to do this, but who is in the best position 
to take that responsibility? So this is, like you said, this is a loaded question. And there, there, are, there are tiers, there are levels to this question. And I think it starts with the moderators to cultivate an environment where people are, feel safe to post coordinates, but they also don't ban constructive criticism. I've seen so many Facebook groups or whatever that absolutely just straight up ban it. A couple of friends recently started another Lolita cord sharing group on Facebook. It's called uh, Daily Coordinates. And they have tags that show whether or not like a person is okay with constructive criticism. So the moderators opened that door. They say, you can say yes, you can say no. After the moderators make that environment, it's up to the members to step up and help correct information, misinformation, or provide constructive criticism when it is needed. One of the worst things a group can do is just become like a hug box in which everything is perfect and everything is okay 24-7. And just like keeping in mind that constructive criticism is meant to help people out. Give helpful feedback. Don't just say, I don't like this. If you have a good idea for someone's outfit, Tell them if they're doing something that isn't really working or you have an idea for something that would work better, let them know and let them know how to fix it for the future. And ask questions about what the person is trying to get to, because you may have an idea in your head like, oh, I feel like this is a mermaid theme outfit. I feel like you should get another thing that has a mermaid on it. Then the person's like, no, actually, this is I wasn't trying to go for a mermaid theme. Those two things just happen to have mermaids on it. Then, you know, To give them the proper feedback, more questions rather than like assumptions. And I, and I think they'll see like, oh, you're interested in what I'm trying to pursue and make and everything like that. And they'll probably be more open to, you know, advice. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I do this a lot in the Fairy K Discord in which people will say, you know what, how can I improve this? I'm not really sure what else this needs. And I'll spend like two hours making like a collage on a polyvore knockoff and being like, here, what if you use this item instead of this? You know, like, let's work together and give them specifics, give them things that they are interested in and fit their aesthetic rather than just kind of trying to toss generic stuff at them. There is one thing that, that needs to be said. This responsibility should never fall on the beginners. And this is a little controversial, but I don't think people who don't have their own first coordinate should feel like they need to create content or police the community. This spreads misinformation a lot of the time. And when you're just starting out in the fashion, you need to focus on working on your first outfits. It's like what they tell you when you get in an airplane and they're telling you like what to do in case the engine fails. What do they tell you? They tell you to put your own mask on before you help others. And that is so important is you have to get your feet under yourself before you can help others. I mean, I do this all the time and where I find somebody who doesn't have their first outfit yet and who's trying to give feedback and then they've just given really inaccurate feedback. If you can, leave kind of policing and stuff to the veterans or people who have that experience. Just focus on figuring out your style and figuring out who you are and don't worry about it right now because there will be time for you to worry about that in the future. But that time is not right now. Everybody is beginners at some point in time and you have to sometimes step back and acknowledge, okay, I'm a beginner. This person who's been wearing the fashion for four years has more experience than I do. I may have knowledge, but they have experience. The only situation I can say like this rule should probably be broken is like, If it's like a one-on-one and somebody comes to you and says, hey, what do you think of this outfit? And you don't have an outfit yet. Veterans or people who have, you know, these cords who have this experience are everywhere. There's not ever going to be a situation in which you are the only other person who knows that, you know, sneakers that are like beat up and covered in mud are not really great with your Lolita dress. In that case, you can say, no, you know, you're not supposed to wear sneakers with Lolita, but then a veteran can come in. Like I could come in and I did an outfit with pink satin converse like two weeks ago. And be like, all right, I see where you were going here. I have that experience and I can tell you, hey, this indeed does work. 
So it's just, it's not for the beginners. I don't really like comment on like public posts or anything like that. But if a friend or someone comes to me with their outfit and be like, oh, I want to try this. And I kind of have more of an idea what they're into and maybe what would appeal to them that fits within the style. And then like I tell my husband all the time, like he likes to wear J fashion if we go to like an event or something like that. Or, you know, he just has an idea and he's just like, oh, is this, is this Fairy K? Is this Decora or is this this? And I'm just like... Um, I don't know if it fits into either one of those styles, but I encourage you to just wear what you want to wear because I think it looks cute and it doesn't have to fit into the things right now. We're just going on a date ourselves. Like it doesn't have to fit. But if you want my opinion, you could change this thing about it and maybe it'll fit better. I kind of like to do it more on the one-on-one basis than on group chats or, you know, certain things like that. I just asked that question because I thought, like, I don't really do that. Should I be doing that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I mean, I don't think anyone should feel pressured that they should do that. Within the Fairy K server, and we do this in the mentoring server, the mentor position is always opt-in. It's not like, oh, uh, if you wear Fairy K, you're automatically a mentor, or you wear Lolita, it's automatically a mentor. It's like, hey, do you want to do this? Is this something you're interested in? Do you want to take this position Because, I mean, it definitely does put you in a really weird position. Like, I hate it when people are like, oh, my gosh, yeah, Hannah is like the fairy K god. And I'm like, oh, Lord, no, I am not. Like, I'm just here trying to figure myself out. I'm learning every single day. There will never be a time where I peak knowledge and know everything. And it's like galaxy brain time. I'm always growing and learning for the people around me. And so it's definitely a weird position to be in. and, And nobody should feel like they have to be in this how do you think the comm can make online spaces safe for newbies to explore and make mistakes in a positive way while still holding our standards? You were mentioning about like the those mentor groups, like maybe we need more of those or I keep I keep going back to constructive criticism because that's that's something that's been a really important part of my fashion journey. Because I tend to not notice things. And so if my friends point something out to me, I'll notice it. But encouraging growth in these communities and encouraging people to build each other up and help them grow and help them find new resources and stuff like that. It's just important to foster an environment where everybody is growing. Like I said, nobody stops learning. There is no point where you just peak knowledge. Everyone can always improve or do something a little bit different. And I learn and I grow from my community every single day. And I'm so thankful for that. I love it when people, I say something like, oh, you know, I don't really think this works. And then somebody comes in and it's like, actually, hey, check this out. I'm like, oh my gosh, my brain is absolutely blown. We were talking in the very K server about square dancing petticoat. What is that? Concave shape on the sides. It's, it's very swoopy on the sides where like usually... Traditional fairy K petticoats are short and they're a little bit more A-line. And I was like, you know, I, I would probably try and stay away from that. If you're going to do that, I have a friend who altered hers and took off a couple layers and that works really well. One of my moderators came in and said, hey, actually, I wear this, but you know what I do? I put a overskirt over it. And I was like, I would have never thought to do that. I wouldn't have known to do that. And that's the greatest thing in the world. So the next time somebody comes up to me and says, hey, can I use a square dancing petticoat? You know what I'm going to recommend? I'm going to recommend they either take a couple layers off of the bottom or I'm going to say get an overskirt or something like that. Or, you know, the next time somebody comes to me with a suggestion of how to change, you know, a, a square dancing petticoat, you know, absorb that information and then be able to use it for the future. But 
just don't be afraid to speak out when something isn't quite meshing or looks a little bit awkward. Be gentle with your constructive criticism. And it's really important to remember uncrut sandwiches, which is where you go something nice. Here's your constructive criticism, something nice. You're like, I love your hair in this outfit. I don't think that, you know, these skinny jeans that you have right now are really great for Lolita. I think you should look look at street snaps, look at Costa Frills for more inspiration. But you look like you have a really good idea for like color coordination going on right now. So I really look forward to seeing how you grow in the future. And so that's also really good. And I, and I don't know, I think it's great to remember your roots. At one point in time, we were all that obnoxious newbie that thought that we knew everything, but we didn't know anything at all. So just be gentle with them and give them guidance and give them resources and don't be afraid to answer questions and just, yeah, be, be out there for them. I don't know if you've seen this post in like Ruffle Chat or something like that, but I know that some like veteran Lolitas feel like now that we have more information on the internet, there shouldn't be any more like newbies really making mistakes or anything like that. To an extent, I kind of agree. Because it's like that information is out there. Nobody should be buying from Milanu. You Google Lolita shops, chances are you're going to find somebody that's like an article that's like, hey, don't buy from Milanu. It isn't really important that we do encourage people to do this research. But at the same time, there's you're never going to prevent mistakes from happening. That's not how the world works. But I do think it is important to encourage beginners to do more research than they have been doing. I, like I said, got into Lolita and Fairy Case super young and didn't wear it for a really long time. And I had this really, really weird misconception about the fashion as evidenced by my first dress. Like you can see, like I have wrist cuff on. I have, I don't have a head bow on in that photo, but I did have a head bow that I found at Claire's. I had socks, I had matching shoes, but I didn't have a blouse. There are always going to be like disconnects, but at the same time, I can tell you not to buy from Milanu. Because you could buy maybe the whole set from like a store, but the store listing doesn't tell you how to wear it. That just gives you the stuff. It doesn't tell you what the, the standards and codes and etiquette or anything like that. It's just like, oh, here's this dress. And it says that it's Lolita. If I wear the dress, I must be Lolita, right? There still could be, I guess, misconceptions and things like that in, in anything. So how can people who want to create their own unique style inspired by J Fashion Styles interact with the J Fashion community online without dampening the standards that we try to uphold? So Kamila mentioned this earlier where she was talking about if you're wanting to do like a hybrid of styles or you're wanting to take inspiration from styles, sometimes it really is best to like make a full outfit first and then move on to, you know, trying to put your own twist on it. Learn the basics of those styles and then you can you can go into that. It's like walking before you run. And even before you walk, you have to crawl. Crawl and then walk and then run. Make sure that you can see the inspiration if something is inspired. Like I think this is a Japanese style that is a really good example of taking inspiration from a, a different style or a different time period. So Spank takes a lot of inspiration from 80s, has a lot of rock influences, but also puts its own spin on that. So you look at it and you can say, oh my gosh, like, look at that Cindy Lauper sweater. And then you have like a My Little Pony sweater or something like that, or the fancy sweaters that are from the 80s. And you can see that that influence is indeed there. If you're going to do like a Fairy K inspired look, but it's completely black and has no inspiration from Fairy K at all, it kind of doesn't make sense to call it Fairy K inspired. 
also like maybe explain in your post what specifically are you taking from each style too if it may not be apparent like say like oh i'm taking the silhouette of fairy k but making it a totally different color scheme i would say that and and i know that this is something that is more of a societal thing in the west primarily the usa but i think making it acceptable to not have a label or letting people know that it's okay to not be like exactly this or exactly that. Letting people know that it's okay to just be inspired. It doesn't have to be Lolita. It doesn't have to be Fairy K. But I do recognize that this isn't something that the J fashion community can do on its own. It's a societal change. I I swear we all share the same brain cell right now. Um, (laughs) But I think a phenomenal example of this right here is Cami Pomeranian. So you can tell that she takes a ton of different styles and puts her own spin on what she wears. Like there are Fairy K influences. She'll wear Lolita with her own complete spin on it. And then she'll do like hybrid looks that don't really fit into either category. And she just calls it J fashion or pastel fashion. She doesn't force it into a label. At the same time, it's really important to point out that she's also been wearing these styles for many years. And if you if you like go back through her Instagram, you can see her wearing the styles in a more like traditional sense before she branched out and did her own thing. If you handed me a lineup of photos with no no faces attached, I could pick her outfit out of a lineup, I guarantee you. Because it's just so unique. Hayden, like you, like you just said, don't use labels that you know they don't fit because we as Westerners like we need to cram everything into a label and we need to have this justification for why we dress weird and it's like well I have to have a name for it because if people ask me you know what am I going to tell them I have to have a name I have to have something I can tell them that my style is right right and I mean like maybe you still do want to be a part of the community or a alternative fashion community from the styles that you're kind of mixing together so you want to be a part of it somehow but it's just like, how do I like, do I, am I not allowed to post in the groups anymore? Do I just lurk now? Or um, do I need to make my own group? I remember there was someone who had this Marie Antoinette costume outfit thing. And she was just like, oh, I want to post in the Lolita group because I think Lolita people might like this. And it's just like, you have to really explain. You have to sit there and say like, hey, I'm just tagging this or putting this in here because I think people could like this, but it it may just, it's not like on topic for the group specifically. So that's kind of like where I'm trying to think like, oh, does that person make a new group that's like fashion costume thing or? (laughs) She actually did. That's what she did. She ended up doing. It's like a fashion, like OC kind of community that she made. Yeah, no, that really is difficult. And then I think we see a lot of this online, like specifically on Instagram. Most people have heard me whine at least once about entering the fairy K tag on Instagram and it just being like pastel goth 24-7 or like nymphette or other nastiness (laughs) and people wanting to reach out to communities to sometimes, honestly, sometimes people do it for clout, maybe fit in with these communities or feel like they're accepted or just they just want to have an extra hashtag to throw in there. That does unfortunately cause, cause issues from time wrong with creating your own group sometimes i know specifically isn't like totally fairy k but i'm just like oh it has some fairy k like 
influences. Maybe they might like it or something like that. If I'm wearing decorum, I'm just like, well, maybe Pop K people who follow that tag might like it, even though I'm wearing a bunch of accessories, but I'm wearing pop clothes. So it's just like, oh, okay, maybe those will go together or something like that. Um, and then I put alternative fashion and then kawaii fashion and pastel. But when it's just like, no part of it is this thing, it's just like, now you're making it confusing. You know, now the person's searching for like, what, what, what is this? What part of this relates to that subject? And I, I want to encourage beginners who aren't necessarily sure where their style falls yet or who are just kind of experimenting to use tags like Harajuku or J-Fashion or to use Almoji K, which is blue letter style. And it's the opposite from Akamoji K, which is essentially a style that's conservative, popular with college students and office workers. And so Almoji K is all about wearing what you want, putting what you want on your body doing whatever you want that makes you happy. And so there's not a specific aesthetic to all Moji K. It's just whatever you want. And I think labels like that are absolutely phenomenal. I um, have a big peeve when people come into the community and like try to call their styles like Retro K or Mermaid K or Unicorn K, which are all unfortunately terms that I have seen used unironically. Don't be afraid to call your style J-Fashion inspired or use suffixes like core, like cottage core or love core. There are other suffixes that work and it doesn't have to have the word K at the end because so many people are under the impression that the word K means fashion, but it actually means category or system. Using that suffix all of the time causes confusion when people come into the community and they're like oh yeah let's talk about like i'm interested in unicorn k and then you gotta be like yeah so unfortunately (laughs) just don't try to like shoehorn your outfits into a style if they don't fit it's okay if they don't fit i think a lot of people come into j fashion and are really really put off by the rules because like they're not used to seeing the rules they're not used to being aware that they have to follow something A lot of people get really upset because they feel like they're putting themselves in a box by having to follow those rules. I just want to point out that, like, when you chose Harajuku fashion in general, you've chose a box. And then when you chose to do Fairy K, now you've chosen another box. So, like, regardless, you are going to put yourself in there. People think that they are going to be limited in their creativity and that they are not going to be as unique or allowed to experiment and do crazy things within these styles because they see these rules. I I want to talk about something that we do at my summer camp job where we have kids go outside and we say, you have, you know, 10 minutes, go outside, go find me something to paint with. And it's, it has to be something from nature. They have unlimited options within the box of outside. They can't go and they can't get me a paintbrush. They can't get me like a fork or some straws from the kitchen. They have to go outside and they have to find me something. And yeah, sure. Some kids bring me back a couple flowers and some sticks. This is the grossest thing ever. I had a five-year-old camper pick up a dead bird and bring it to me. And that is gross, but you cannot tell me that that is not creativity right there. Gross creativity, gross, nasty creativity, but that is creativity. And so um, like if you've ever taken an art class in which your professor says, you know what, today we're going to be doing this exercise in which we're going to be drawing a bunch of random shapes on this paper And then we're going to erase every other one. And now you have to work around those shapes. But you're allowed to have creativity within the constraints that have been established for you. And that's why, you know, you walk up to a meetup of any sort and you'll never find two people who look identical unless they're twinning. Because there is creativity in what others see as limitation. Don't let it scare you. Don't be like, oh my gosh, like I can 
only ever put these three things together and that's it. That's my creativity all gone. It's out the window. I don't have any other options when like specifically with Lolita, that there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dresses and there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of socks and blouses and shoes and everybody comes together. And yes, within the realm, within the parameters of Lolita, a lot of the time, come and create these beautiful and unique masterpieces. At the end of the day, they're really not rules, they're guidelines. They, it's a framework, build off of this framework. It's not saying, you know, this is your tiny little box that you have to shove yourself in. They're giving you a base and you gotta go from there. Right. If you can do this, like, imagine if you get some sort of job where you have to dress like business casual and like to... I don't know, recently I've been feeling this feeling of like, for some reason I want to work in an office <laughs> and I'm just like, I want, I dare you to give me some sort of like dress business casual. I'm going to walk in there as like <laughs> legally blonde and just like, I am a pink business suit or pink blouse and black pit, like whatever. And I'm just like excited for the challenge of, <laughs> of like, where where my my loopholes and and like wearing a new silhouette or something like that that like kind of like excites me whereas like a while ago I would not even have thought I would want to even do that but since having the practice of like oh okay I'm working within the rules of this style and then I'm working the rules of that style oh okay I'm mixing them together you know and seeing like how to get the optimal mixture and then I'm like oh I think I could you know survive in a business casual atmosphere absolutely um there's this she's the chancellor of my my junior college down here she is this wonderful, powerful lady who wears hot pink pantsuits and bright yellow pantsuits and has funky, cool scarves. And she always has her makeup done and her hair done. And she doesn't look like anybody else on campus. And she is just unapologetically herself. And she's also really sweet. Like we've talked to each other several times and she's like, I love your outfit. And I'm like, thanks. I love yours. You know, there is, there is creativity and there is beauty within these restraints. Hannah, thank you so much for joining us today and for giving us your insight. I know it's a huge topic to try to dissect and it can be daunting. So I appreciate you taking your time for us and for sitting down with us and for chatting about this extensively. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I was so excited when I got the message because I've been a fan of the show for uh, over two years now. Oh my goodness, so. thank you so much. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's great to hear. I was, yeah, absolutely floored. <laughs> if people want to find you and, and get in contact with like, your content or you in specifically, how can they do that? Um, you can find me at Rose Quartz Royalty on Instagram. My blog is rosequartzroyalty.blogspot.com. And then my Instagram also has the links to specifically the fairy chaser. But we have um, like an informational page that has the links to the other two discords if that is something that you're interested in. And like my DMs are always open. I love hearing from people. I am down to help out wherever I can. And yeah. And with that, we will be signing off. This has been OK Podcast. My name is Hayden. My name's Kamila. And? And Hannah. And we will see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.